0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast: news and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E Liter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Ooh, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Denver Broncos. We're going to drill into the individual players um, for the Tennessee game and how... Well, the Denver Broncos need to uh, clean up some things or maybe continue on some successful routes as uh, Pittsburgh. Well, they got to travel to Pennsylvania to take on the Steelers coming up, of course, on a short week. So we're going to get to that today on the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Hey, if you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe. And of course, follow on the many different locations that you can find this podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and MileHighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie Radio and send emails if you have Bronco questions. Ronnie K at Milehighsports.com. I want to start on offense, where I think you can characterize the good by saying the entire offensive line. And how about that? How refreshing. Is that to say, right? Because what did we come into the season saying? Oh, boy, it's Gary It's 72. Okay, Juwan James. The ops out. Oh, boy, we got issues at right tackle. Drew Locke sacked zero times. And quite frankly, boy, if I'm, try- I'm trying to remember back and I'm thinking how many times did the Broncos really allow Drew Locke to get kind of absolutely plowed. Not too many times. Now, give some credit to Drew Locke because a lot of his mobility allowed for that. But this was an offensive line that just simply looked better. And you look at the stat line also, and including in the run game too. This is not just in the passing game as well too. In the run game averaging four yards a pop, 4.1, 100 yards on the ground on 26 carries with Melvin Gordon getting the majority of that. That's the offensive line opening up those holes. And this is a Broncos team that if they can get consistent yardage out of their running backs and protection, that is critical for them against a, uh, quite frankly, a Tennessee team where, look, new addition in Jadavian Clowney. They've got some talented players and uh, the Denver Broncos offensive line stood to the test. So I'm going to give them a good. Again, it's the good, bad, and the ugly. We'll get to the bad and we'll eventually get to the ugly, but I have more good. So we start. We started with the offensive line. I also want to give a little bit of good to Drew Locke. I, I thought that was a, a game that Drew Locke really verified what I think a lot of people already knew but kind of needed that stamp of approval on a second year with the idea that this kid, it was not just a magical, you know, momentum driven five game run this is a kid who can play he's got a little bit of swagger to him he's got the playmaking ability things break down I actually thought one of the the most impressive plays that he made on Monday night against the Titans was on a a botched snap a botched snap that they're gonna have to work out and we'll get to that here in a little bit but a botched snap where he actually has to take the ball off the ground in in very much a live ball and then he runs it about 2 or 3 yards i think this was denver driving into the red zone and he's very much cool as a cucumber. He just picks up the football and runs it two, three yards, turns a near disaster moment into a gain. And those are the kind of moments that another quarterback, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, you know, they, they either A, just jump on the football or never get there. And yet, nonetheless, Drew Lock turns a disaster into a actual gain on the field and I, th- I think those are the kind of small moments that may not jump out on the stat sheet as far as a long touchdown pass or points on the board but those are the kind of moments that I look at and say okay that that guy's a gamer that guy when when stuff hits the fan he doesn't go into turtle mode he doesn't freak out he you know what just collect the football and then start to move it forward. And that's a Denver Broncos quarterback that I think you can get behind. And you could kind of trust now moving forward for this team. Now uh, the offense in general was, I think very mediocre, And 14 points a game is not going to cut it. We've talked about this in the past. It was the first game, and I think that should be taken into account. So I'm not going to give them a good or bad rating. They're just going to be somewhere in between. Vanilla. Uh, Because this was an offense that looked very clearly like the youngest offense in the league. Because they are. So this is a football team that's got to grow. They will get better. The hope is as the weeks go by, allows them to play faster, a little bit more chemistry, more players on the same page, etc. So that's the good on the offensive side of the things. I'm going to switch over to the defense before we move over to the bad because I think there was actually a lot of good on, on defense. Quite frankly, this secondary impressed me. Between Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson, A.J. Boye, uh, they they did not let Brown beat them. Michael Ojemudia, the kid, playing very well, had the nice little interception, debatable penalty that nullified that. Regardless, this was a secondary that I've been very critical of and I've been very worried about, so I'm going to eat my crow for week one. They played very well. Give them their due because that was a secondary that I think you can look at and say, okay, I think we can win with this. This is one of those, uh, you know, situations where now, okay, we got to build around and and get that pass rush. Obviously, that means bringing back uh, Bradley Chubb to 100%. That unfortunately is very much pending an injury. But maybe you add in a veteran linebacker, an outside linebacker that can kind of help that. Obviously, you're, you're trying to fill a void left by Von Miller, and that's nearly impossible to do. But there's no excuse. That's the reality of what Denver is facing right now. So certainly one of the hurdles that they will have to make that pass rush has got to get to the quarterback. And and maybe that's where we start with the bad uh, because this pass rush really did not make a major impact on Ryan Tannehill outside of one drive. And that was kind of the opening sequence is Denver got to Tannehill and kind of roughed him up. And then after that, they didn't get to him. The Titans started triple teaming at times, Bradley Chubb for those who were complaining, where was Bradley Chubb all game long? I watched. He was doubled and triple teamed a lot. And if you were the Broncos, that's to be expected, quite frankly. That is to be expected because that's what happens. That's the consequence of losing a premier pass rusher in Von Miller that you have to now deal with. So I think if you're the Broncos, you're gonna to have to go through these creative situations where you understand, okay, this is gonna happen. So here's how we counter. Bradley Chubbs maybe not as much effective, but now you got opportunities to win one-on-one matchups, with, I think are just gonna be so imperative. And that obviously being one-on-one matchups for Jeremiah Atachu, Malik Reed, obviously Atachu getting a sack. So you like to see that but you need more out of it because that was the only sack of the game on on both sides of the football and Denver needs to get to the quarterback because that's what's going to force these turnovers that they've talked about that's what they uh, they're going to force more turnovers by simply getting the quarterback into uncomfortable situations and for a majority of that game unfortunately Ryan Tannehill was not uncomfortable and that led to their downfall i do want to talk about uh, one of the bads on defense that I think, you know, I, you can look at it in, in two ways. And that's the injury slash depth situation. The injuries are terrible. Um, AJ Boye going out, um, you know, just, you hope none of this happens. Okay. Injuries are the worst part of the game. And, that is obviously a, a major loss for Denver if, if he were to exit and, and you know, maybe be hampered as the weeks go by. But the reason why I kind of say it's kind of a 50-50, because then you could look at the positives and say, boy, that depth came in, and they didn't miss a beat. But you saw them get worn out as the game progressed. And I'm actually going to put a little bit of bad on the offense for this because the defense was out on the field a lot in the second half. Denver's offense starting out the second half with two drives that simply were just completely anemic. They did not take a lot of time off the clock. They did not allow the defense to sit down. And so now the defense has got to go out and you got this beast King Henry plowing at you every single play. And that was kind of a chip away, chip away, chip away type strategy for the Tennessee Titans. And it eventually finally got through and Denver's defense was just too gassed and too beat up. So now you say, okay, well, maybe that changes if the offense starts to click as the weeks go by, but certainly something that we are going to continue to monitor. Uh, The Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, is presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. And look, we've been talking about betting on the podcast. And uh, by the way, Broncos plus three, eh? Ring the register, cha-ching. The uh, Denver Broncos catching in on that, at least, if you were a better. But our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, I tell you what, they've done some really great stuff, and it was nice to see, of course, the teams back out on the gridiron this weekend. And, of course, lucky for us, that was just week one. Okay, All right, we're taking week one. We're putting in the rearview mirror. It's time to look for week two. But there is no better place than to get in on the action with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, to add to the excitement of week two. Here's the deal. DraftKings Sportsbook can't miss offer. This is a no-brainer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on an NFL team. Why not? Why not would you do that? That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, And if that team wins, you cash in a cool Benjamin. How can you pass that up? That's new to DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the app now and scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you are, of course, with your mobile phone, and it's safe, secure, reliable, easy to make your deposits, easy to withdraw your money at your convenience. It is a no-brainer. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. and Use the promo code MHS when you sign up. To get in on the can't-miss offer, pick any team during Week 2. Bet $1 on them, and you can win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code MHS during sign-up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. you got to be 21 or older, and in Colorado, eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So let's continue on with the bad and then eventually get to the ugly. Um, the Broncos on um, the special teams side of things. Actually, you know what? We're going to revert back to the good for a hot second. Because you know what? Let's give some love. Let's give some love to Sam Martin. This is why I have been talking about replacing Colby Wadman for two years. This kid can punt a football. Okay, Pins the Titans inside the uh, five on a critical drive uh, inside the 20-yard line, three different times on his five. Good average hang time in the high fours. Allows the coverage to get back. Doesn't just punt it straight out. Angles it around. A lot to like from what Sam Martin gave. So you know what? Let's let's go back to the good. Let's give him a good stamp of approval because that was a nice, nice debut for the Denver Broncos and their punting situation. All right, now we're going to go right back to the negatives. Oh, boy. This is the bad. Uh, I don't want to say it's ugly because I thought he actually had a bit of a solid debut, but the drops from Jerry Judy absolutely killed Denver. Okay? It's fun to talk about his footwork. It's fun to talk about his speed, his explosiveness, etc. The videos that he throws up on social media. He's going to be great. Potential rookie of the year. Got it. Okay, catch the football. Hit the jugs machine, man, because this is a big, big drive coming up, and we need you to catch the football. Denver has the potential to ice the game, and Jerry Judy drops a critical first down ball. That is absolutely something they cannot allow. This team cannot shoot themselves in the foot because they are still learning just how to play football. There's so much youth and inexperience, and the problem is, is, and I actually think this is a bit of a a con that comes with a pro with Jerry Judy, which is kind of funny. You know. You say how Jerry Judy is so good on the route running because he is. He's so good at creating separation because he is. Well, what happens? Jerry Judy's out in the middle of the field and he's wide open. I mean, he's borderline four or five yards separation with a corner. That's wide open in the NFL. Well, what happens? You're wide open. You know it. You start thinking about running after the catch, oh man, I this catch, secured, easy, easy money. How am I going to get more yardage after the catch? You start thinking about that before you secure the catch, and then all of a sudden you say, okay, well, here comes the football, and I, I'm going to turn up field while I'm doing it. Uh, oh, oops, I dropped the football. It's almost a con that comes with a pro because he's so good out route, at route running. So this is something that has got to be corrected, and it's got to be corrected very, very quickly, because this is a football team that simply cannot afford to have the issues moving forward from uh, you know, dropping those critical first downs, you know, wide open. Wide open. And again, maybe that works as a con as a pro because you start to think about it a little bit more, think about different things as opposed to a contested catch. And that's that's really, really tough because those are those are catches that may have ended the game. I mean, a Jerry Judy catches that last drive drop and all of a sudden maybe Denver doesn't even give the ball back to Tennessee and you just can't have those moments punch you in the mouth because you can't beat yourself, man, that this is a game that the small details matter. The little things matter. And when you have a little thing like uh, poor clock management, when you have a little thing like drop passes, when you have a little thing like taking points off the board in the first half, when you have a little thing like Melvin Gordon's fumble, when you have botched timeouts at the end, all these little things start to really add up. And then all of a sudden, You're saying, okay, well, when the margin of error is a field goal by Steven Goskowski, you could have won that game by 10 points. But you shot yourselves in the foot, and that's where Denver is going to have to get better moving forward. And certainly that is a bad mark for me on uh, the podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Want to get to the ugly. There isn't a ton of ugly. I have to be honest. I actually liked a lot of what Denver did, but the ugly goes back to the coaching. And unfortunately, Vic Fangio just simply put, the final couple drives were a bit of a disaster. The final two on offense for Denver, not including the last second Hail Mary, and then the final one on offense for Tennessee, there was a lot to dislike. Uh, poor clock management has been something that Vic Fangio has unfortunately dealt with in the past already. And it was it was forgivable in year one. Year two, it's getting really hard to forgive. It's getting really hard to say, well, you know what, uh, he's a rookie. Oh, he's not a rookie head coach? Well, I thought this was like his first... Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so he's been in this... He hasn't been in this situation or he has Oh, he he has. Oh boy. Um, Okay. So we're now making the same mistake again. And you know, it's funny because this is something that Vic Fangio talked about with Drew Locke. You know, he said, well, we don't want Drew Locke to, to make the same mistake over and over again. Well, unfortunately, that's what we're kind of seeing with Vic Fangio and poor clock management. So this is something that Denver has got to get corrected really, really quickly. And Vic Fangio admitted to this post-game and in a uh, uh, post-game Tuesday press conference. But unfortunately, dude, it's too late. And, you know, you got to get this correct from day one and, and in the moment now. There are different scenarios and different situations, but I think logically if you're Denver, you have to utilize those timeouts because you can't take them with you. you got to use them. You can't take them with you. They don't do anything for you at the end of the game, and when you leave them up on the board, that's a real shame. Those are missed opportunities, and so you can't covet those too much. There's always that fine balance, and so this is one of those things that we will continue to monitor forward. I, I am so tired of seeing the overreactions, the drastic one-sided hot takes that we get. You know, oh my God, Vic Fangio's never going to win a Super Bowl. And oh, we need to fire him because he can't do this or that or he can't manage it. Stop. Take a breath. Calm down. It's one game, okay? Denver didn't lose because of the timeout situation, okay? They lost because they were inexperienced and made poor decisions as a team. Player-wise as well, too. Giving up the rock on the turnover, Melvin Gordon. Uh, poor clock management. Poor timeout usage. The drops by Jerry Judy. Notice, notice a theme here? These are all guys who are inexperienced, who are just still trying to kind of find the footing. So I, I'm not going to come up here and say, you know, it's time to fire Vic Fangio and Yanni. This is something you just continue to move forward and you continue to monitor. Is it something you don't want to see? Obviously. Okay, Th- thanks for stating the obvious. You don't want to see it. We got it. All right. But this is something that Denver is, and, and this is why I've talked about it. I've said this on the podcast before. This is going to be the one year away year where we talk about how these young, inexperienced issues and these mistakes plague them. And because it plagues them, they just need more time. And this is why I believe this is truly the one-year away year where at the end of the season we say, wow, we saw so much potential and we saw so much flash. I mean, when when Jerry Judy is out here breaking ankles and going from 0 to 60 and uh, the Vic Fangio defense is firing on all cylinders and we, we even got Michael Ojemudia out there who nobody thought was going to be a good corner and uh, he's out here making plays and Drew Locke is throwing against his body and dishing touchdown passes and he's got to swagger this and that. They're also going to find a lot of moments where they are young and they are inexperienced and they do make mistakes. So you have to take the bad with the good and the good with the bad and understand that this is going to happen and you're just going to have to live with it. You're just going to have to live with it. Now, if they're making these same mistakes at the end of the year into next year, then you start to say, okay, well, what's the deal here? What do we need to fix? But they're going to run into some of these situations in these moments that they've never simply been in. The hope is that they learn it. The hope is that Jerry Judy doesn't ever drop a pass for the rest of the year, that he understands that that was a bad, bad game. I don't care how many routes you run that are perfect. You drop those two passes. Those were critical ones. Now let's see how he answers. You know, let's let's reserve judgment before just throwing out these outrageous nonsensical takes. But if you would like to, of course my Twitter feed is always open. At Ronnie K Radio, that's where you can find me, at R O N N I E Letter K Radio on Twitter. Of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast is presented by DraftKings America's top rated sports book. And as always, with the podcast, if you would like to email Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com, that is the email again, Ronnie K at MileHighSports.com. All right, we are all done for the podcast. Uh, if you, uh, again, want to. Subscribe, follow, many different locations that you can find this podcast. Take it on the go with Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, MileHighSports.com. Again, on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio, And we say thanks to our friends over there at DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Again, use that promo code MHS for a lot of great stuff. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. In the end, Denver loses. Period. End of story. And that's all that matters. 16 14. I don't care if they lost by two, if they lost by 20, if they, uh, you know, just were in it all the way or simply got their doors blown off. The end result is that they're 0 1 with two damn good quarterbacks lined up back to back and Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. And Denver also now needing to travel on the road on a short week. So they got to regroup. Obviously, we will continue to cover this with Mile High Sports. Com. So for more reading, info, a lot of analysis from many of the people who cover the Broncos football team, whether it's Rich Kurtzman, Doug Ottawill, myself, Zach Seegers, Nate Lundy, you can check that out over there at milehighsports.com. Again, for previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast, that's milehighsports.com, milehighsports.com. Later, y'all.